kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these there is no uh, law. Now let me just say, as an American, how many of you know sometimes we see this as a checklist? Which ones do I got and which ones do I not have? Right? And you're like, well, if I'm good, if I've got four out of five, then I feel like I'm doing pretty good. How many of you would agree with that? I got four or five of them, right? I mean, out of nine of them, I mean, there are some people that you know, it's like, oh, they got like seven or eight of them. Uh, If you got seven or eight of them, you're like a super Christian. This is you right here. Like, I got eight of the nine fruits of the Spirit. And you think, you know, because obviously nobody can have all nine because we're not Jesus, right? Like, I can't do that. But can I just tell you, because I want to pop your bubble there. Uh, A lot of times we like to focus on the fruit that we do have. But how many of you know the world focuses on the fruit you don't have? It's like, oh, man, I'm doing really good here. Uh, But let me just say, if you are at home and you lose your temper with your kids, how many of you know they're not going to be like, well, dad may have lost his temper, but he sure has joy and peace, (laughs) right? Really excelling there. Or maybe you go to work, you lose it on a coworker, and they're like, uh, none of them are thinking, man, she has got no control, but she sure is faithful. She sure shows up every day, right? Or maybe you gossip. People aren't saying, well, you know, she may be a gossip, but she's really a good person. She may be talking about me behind my back, but she's really, you know, her heart is good. How many of you know that's not what people say? People that claim to be Christians, they'll say, oh, you know what they claim to, but they sure don't act like it. And so the point that I want to make on that is that one missing fruit can ruin your testimony. Just one missing fruit can blow the whole thing. And the fruit, really, we've been talking about this over the weeks, so they are connected, and it's evidence in your life that you're a follower of Christ. And you're like, well, Pastor Scott, I don't know how I could have all nine of them. Can I tell you, it's not the result of your effort or your intelligence to get all nine of them. How many of you know it's a result of, let me go back to here, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit produces that kind of fruit in your life. So it's not a matter of you like, oh, I've got to get this. I've got to develop this fruit in my life. I've got to make sure that I'm a good person. I've got to make sure that I have joy. Listen, if, you, if it's all up to us, how many of you know we're all failing? I need the Holy Spirit. I believe that when you're fully committed to God, when you're allowing the Spirit to work in you, then you can and you should have all nine of them. Everybody say, I can have all nine. All right, whether you realize it or not, that means you can have patience, right? That means you can have self-control, you know, when it's like, and self-control applies to so many different areas of our life. Sometimes we're like, oh, I can't control myself. No, yes, you can control yourself. If you keep telling yourself you can't, then you never will. But yes, you can. You can have all nine of them. So uh, like I said, I already got my picture up here. Plus maybe saw my basket. The fruit that I'm connecting with the fruit, uh, fruit of goodness is oranges. How many of you know oranges are good for you? They, uh, they're packed with a vitamin that we're all familiar with is what? Yes, see, we all know that. It's got other things in it that help nourish our cells. They aid in the protection of cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Uh, They also help reduce uh, inflammation, right? Help lower your blood pressure. So these are good. An orange is a... That's why I'm connecting to goodness, because an orange has got packed full of goodness. And you're all going to get an orange today as you leave. So nice little mandarin oranges. They're yummy. How many of you like those? Because they peel so easy. We had uh, in Chico, this has nothing to do with my message, but uh, 
We had, a, we had a regular orange tree and then we had two mandarin trees. We never ate the oranges off the, ma- the regular orange tree because who wants to eat that when work at peeling it when you can just peel one of these super easy, right? Plus they're better. Am I right, Joshua? So, uh, so here we go. So I'm talking about being good. What is, it, what is the difference? How many of you know we, everybody can do something good? Has anybody ever done a good deed to anybody else? I mean, just one in your life. I want to see your hand. Five of you. No, okay, everybody. We've all, even people that are really dirty, rotten scoundrels have done something good at time to time. I saw Danny's hand. (laughs) Right? We've all done something good. There's a difference between doing a good deed and being good. Am I right? Being good in spirit. I believe that we overuse this word a lot of times in our English language, right? If somebody comes up and says, how are you doing? What is our response? Yeah, we're good, right? Have you had a good day? We want to know. Or maybe you had pizza. Man, that was what? Good pizza, right? Or you went to a movie. That was a good movie. Or you tell your kids, you did a good job cleaning your room. Uh, We use good morning, good night, good grief, good Lord, good deal. I got a good deal, right? Good luck, good times, good news. It's all good. You're good. I'm good. Even your dog is good if they obey, right? So all of this good, and then we come to church and we're singing about the goodness of God, right? Did you notice there were several songs focusing on God? I want to say that if we use the same word to describe God as our pizza, something's wrong. I don't think that they mean the same thing. What does it really mean to good, be good? I believe that we've changed the name, this word from goodness to mean the absence of badness. What do I mean by that? Like, think of it, if, when you had, if you've got kids still that are going to school, or maybe you remember when they did, what is the thing? I want you to be, which means, you want them to be good, which means I, want, I don't want you to be bad, right? Like, uh, and, and our daughter, she was, she's a conversationalist and has been all her life. She could not stop herself from talking in class. As a kindergartner, first grade, she was constantly getting in trouble, not for doing bad things, just for talking. And we're like, you know what? Can you just be good? Which one we said that, we're like, don't talk. And guess what? She couldn't do it. So she, can't, she still doesn't do that. So uh, uh, we, it's not the absence of badness. It's something more than that. So if you, do, if you don't do bad stuff, does that make you a good person? No. Well, I'm not doing anything bad. I can tell you as a pastor, I've done a lot of funerals, some really good people and some not so good people. Especially when we were in Chico, I was on call for uh, people that passed away, didn't have a pastor. So uh, I, I got some interesting conversations, I want you to know. And I can't tell you, friends, family, they'd come up and tell me. I'm like, tell me something about so-and-so. Oh, he was a good person. Uh, you know, yeah, I know he was a dirty, rotten scoundrel, but he was just misunderstood. But he was a good. I remember uh, hearing this story, whether it was true or not. Uh, okay, it wasn't true, but I'm just telling you. This family went to the funeral. The man had died, the father, and he was rotten, mean, nasty. And uh, so his wife and kids were on the front uh, row listening and the pastor's up there just saying all these good things about him oh he was this and he was that and he was this eventually the wife's like no he wasn't any of that and she elbowed her son and said hey go up there and look in that casket see if that's your father they're talking about (laughs) but did i get in the wrong place right see most of the time being a good person has been cited as the reason i'm going to go to heaven 
If you do a survey in America, do you think you'll go to heaven? And people will say, well, yeah. And like, why? Because I'm basically a good person. How many of you have heard that? You know, yeah, I have some rough edges. Yeah, I got some areas. Uh, Can I tell you that goodness, our goodness, if you believe that, then guess what? Every funeral you've ever been to, everybody goes to heaven, right? Because we want to point to the good things that we've done. And if everybody's good, then why is goodness a fruit of the Spirit? If everybody's good, we're all getting in there anyway, right? I don't think that's the case. Goodness, really, it's kind of a difficult fruit to describe. How do you decide if you got it or not? Well, I did something good. How do you de- does somebody else decide that for you? How, do you? how do we live our life to where we be more good? Or is that a word, more gooder? Gooder? No. <laughs> Doris is shaking her head. We can't be gooder, right? That's not really a word. So what does it really mean to be good? Uh, I want to give you some foundational things on it. First of all, Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved. That means you guys didn't deserve it. None of us deserve it, right? It says it's through our faith. It's not from ourselves. It's a gift of God, not by our works so that no one can boast. For, isn't that interesting? You don't get saved by your works, but I want you to understand at the same time, we are God's workmanship. God created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. So our good works do not save us, but we were created to do good works. That's our purpose in life that, you know, first of all is to know God and to love Him, but God has a purpose for you and I in this life, and that's number one in your notes. You were created to do good things. Amen? Everybody say, I was created to do good things. And I believe that you are special and unique. You're a one of a kind. That the plans God and the good things that God has for you, uh, He wants you to do these good things that only you can do. And it's like, yeah, I can do this and I can do that. But there's some certain things and there are certain people that God wants to use you to show His goodness to. Amen? And I want to say this. When you don't do good... I believe, number one, we're dishonoring God. But secondly, I believe we miss the true joy of what it means to be a follower of Christ. If we miss those opportunities, I believe the result of being truly connected to God is God in us. How many of you agree with that? And when God is in you, guess what? Good is going to come out. When God is on the inside, that means that the source of your goodness, it's not you, it's God. The source of all the... The good things that, and when people come up, and I've had uh, occasionally, like, oh, you're, you're just a good person. And it's like, oh, no, if you're seeing any good coming out of me, I can guarantee where the origination is. It's all coming out of God. It's not coming out of me. So uh, God really is good. I want to give you some verses that, that reflect that. First Chronicles uh, 16, 34. And let me tell you, I could have given you a lot more than I am. But it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalms 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge. Psalms 100, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And then uh, when Moses was uh, talking to God, uh, said, show me your glory. Look what he says in Exodus. And the Lord said, I will cause, I don't know what, can you imagine what this looked like? I'm going to cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in the Lord's presence. So what did that look like? Because if we think that goodness is just an act, how is God's goodness passing by? That had to be a little bit overwhelming. 
The Bible describes God's goodness two ways, by his character and then by his actions. Look what it says in Psalms. You are good and what you do is good. And so God is good, but guess what? He follows it through with his actions. He doesn't just say that he's good. So I believe that God, by his very nature, is a good God, and he wants to do good things through each one of us. Amen? So that is a, your good God wants to do good things through you. I forgot to put that up there. So Psalms 23, 6 says, Surely, I love this, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Right? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Everywhere I go, God's goodness is following behind. Aren't you thankful for that? His mercies are there. Uh, that word goodness, that is, a, that is a characteristic of God. That is who God is. And when we have God in us, guess what? Goodness is dwelling within us. You're like, oh, I'm not good. No, not in ourselves. But when you give your life to the Lord, then God is good and his goodness will begin to flow out. Amen? He says this in James 1.17. I got a lot of verses today. So it says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change. So I believe that God is a good God. He fills our life with good things, things that we don't deserve. Anybody ever have something good to happen to you you didn't deserve? Amen. All of us, right? We didn't earn it. I think we were singing that in that song, Reckless Love. I didn't deserve it. I don't earn it. But he reaches out to us anyway. Amen. That's because he's good. I mean, for us, we'll reach out to somebody until they burn us. Isn't that right? Until they do us wrong, until they treat us wrong, it's like, man, I'm done with you. Uh, Guess what? We've all burned God probably too many times. And he still loves us. He still pursues us. He still cares for us. And guess what? He still went to the cross. Every time we blow it, how many of you know that doesn't catch God off? Well, I didn't know they were going to do that. No, he already knew. He already knew. And his goodness was still extended to us. Amen? Listen, you can only be good as a result of God working in your life. He is that source. So if we understand that fact, then instead of trying to be good, let's get close to God. Does that make sense? A lot of times it's like, oh man, I want to sp- be good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And then you're not good. Anybody ever been there, right? I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to hold my tongue today, God, and I'm not going to smart off to somebody. I'm not, I'm, not let, I'm not letting those words come out of my mouth, and all of a sudden they come out of your mouth. So we try to be good. We're trying to control it all in ourselves, but the reality is instead of focusing so much on that, maybe we just need to get closer to God. Maybe we need to allow Him uh, a little more rain in our life to begin to work. Maybe I need to get into His Word and spend some time in prayer. I'm just going to be honest with you. I can tell the difference in my attitude in my life when I spend time with God and when I don't. Anybody else? And it's like, well, you're a pastor. Aren't you always in the Word? Uh, please. <laughs> Nobody is always perfect. And, uh, and let me tell you, when I'm not, when I'm not ha- spending that daily communion with God, uh, let me tell you, I have to. That's why, I mean, every morning that I get up, uh, I have made it a practice. I'm going to go and I'm going to spend time in his word because I need it. Not because I'm doing a religious duty. Oh, well, you're a Christian and you're a pastor. You're supposed to do it. No, I need it to keep myself in check. I need to be in his word on a regular basis because uh, his word brings correction, uh, brings encouragement, points me in the right direction, shows me when I'm getting the bad attitude. Uh, So the more I'm closer to God, the more goodness begins to come out. 
And he begins to show all of those things in my life. So the Holy Spirit's working in me. So how, how do I be good? How do I do that? I love what, uh, what it says in 3 John verse 11. Dear friends, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. So the key there is to imitate. And I know that we live in a world where everybody wants to, I'm just going to be myself. How many of you heard that from kids? I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be unique. I want to be this. And yes, in God's eyes, you are unique and characteristic. But how many of you know one of our human qualities is that we imitate those around us? Those that we like, uh, it's like, oh man, I really like their hairstyle. Can you do my hair like that? You know, I really like those clothes, so we want some clothes. Ooh, I really like those sneakers. I want some of those. Uh, whatever it is, we imitate people. Even people that like say, you know, I'm just myself. You know, I got blue hair and, you know, piercings in 58 parts of my body and all of these different things. And it's like, you know what? I can point out about another 50 people that look just like that. We all imitate somebody. As unique as you think you are, we're still copy behaviors and customs of our world. Am I right? You, you, nobody is like, you're so unique that I, you don't remind me of anybody. No, we all imitate. So here's the thing. Who am I imitating? Here's the, here's the definition of it right here. To follow or endeavor to follow as a model or an example to uh, mimic. There we go. Uh, to reproduce closely. So I want to follow Christ. I want to imitate. There are people that have been in my life and are still in my life that have characteristics that I don't have. And I'm like, you know what? I want that characteristic. And so that's what I want to identify with. I'm like, I want to do the things that they're doing. Why? You know, if it's somebody that's really kind and generous, and it's like, I, I've seen people that are super generous. I know some of you guys that are super generous. And it's like, you know what? I'm not as generous as you are. And so that's something in my life, like, I want to be generous like that, right? I want to be kind like that. I want those qualities in my life. Even the Apostle Paul said to follow me as I follow Christ, right? So he's following Christ. He's imitating Christ. And uh, guess what? He's saying, listen, if you want to be good, if you want to follow, follow the way, what I'm doing. Do the things that I'm doing. So uh, being good, it's a decision to imitate or be like Jesus, not like the world. And that doesn't mean... Let me just say this, because that doesn't mean that I've got to imitate everybody that goes to church, right? Who are we imitating? Jesus, right? It's not like, oh, you know, let me tell you, when I got saved and started going to church, I thought I had longer hair, and uh, I mean, it was the 80s, come on, big hair was in, and uh, (laughs) all of that stuff was going on. Yes, I had the mullet and all of that stuff. Uh, Shield your eyes if if you ever see a picture of that. But it was like, I thought, oh man, I got to get my hair cut, I got to do this, and I got to... I thought that I had to imitate the other Christians to be a Christian. No, I had to imitate... It's not talking about how you dress or how you wear your hair. It's what is your attitude, what is your lifestyle. As a matter of fact, it says this in Philippians chapter 2, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Notice that has nothing to do with how you dress or how your hair is, Right? He says, each of you should not look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And here's how, what we imitate. Your attitude, everybody say attitude, attitude. should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
That's what we're imitating. I want the attitude of Christ that, that is not a selfish ambition. He's not vain. He's humble and consider uh, other people better than him. And then look what he says. This is his attitude. Being in the very nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Like, hey, listen, I'm God. You better bow down to me. How many of you know there's a lot of people that have a God complex? Right? I'm the boss of this. I'm, you know, you better bow down. He didn't do that. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He lived a sacrificial life. He loved people. He didn't hate people. That's what we're supposed to imitate. I want the characteristics of Christ demonstrated in my life. That's what I imitate. Not like, ooh, man, that guy's got a great hairdo. I want that. I mean, let me just... This was kind of a joke that went around for a while, especially in Bible college. Uh, uh, the Pentecostal pastors, they had the big bouffant-like hairdo. How many of you know? So we called that, I want to get me a Ph.D., that's a Pentecostal hairdo, right? <laughs> so I didn't want that. No, I didn't want that kind of hair. I want to imitate Christ. Amen. Some of y'all are going to be thinking, I want my PhD, right? No, uh, you don't want that. Uh, here's the thing. Following after him, being, a, uh, being more like Christ, I want to pattern my life like him. God was humble. He obeyed God. He loved. He, uh, he shared. He did all of the things that I want to reflect in my life. Does, how about you? People see Jesus. If people saw Jesus in you and not a religious attitude, then how many of you know more people would be drawn to him? Amen? I want that attitude. Number four, uh, some, and this is, a, this is a tough one right here. Uh, someone who is good will sacrifice making you happy in order to keep you safe. What do I mean by that? Well, let me just tell you, uh, parents, sometimes the good you do for your kids isn't appreciated. How many of you know that? Because the goal of parents is not to have a happy kid, it's have to have a safe, healthy kid. Right? Our, our goal is not to make everybody happy. Let me give you some examples here. If your kid wants to go play in traffic, what do we tell them? No. no. Why? Because we don't want to make, we're not wanting to make them mad, we just don't want them run over. Right? I mean, that sounds very simplistic, but how about this? If your daughter wants to date a no-good, sorry-dog, troublemaking loser... How many of you say, no? Why? Because you made that mistake, right? No, I'm just kidding, right? No, the reason is because you don't want her to marry that person, right? If your child wants to go to a party and there's no responsible adult supervision, uh, what do we say? No, right? Not to, keep, not to ruin their social status or anything like that, uh, but you want to keep them safe, right? And if a parent doesn't do those things... If a parent doesn't make sure uh, that they're not playing in traffic or, or dating losers or getting drunk, what do we usually say? That's not a, a good parent. Goodness and kindness is often speaking the truth in love because you want to help them, not harm them. Goodness does not mean that you make everybody happy. You guys got that right. And let me tell you, parents, some of you are making a mistake by trying to keep your kids happy. I just, I mean, I, that's kind of the thing today. Oh, we just want to keep them happy. We just want to keep them happy. Your priority as a good parent is to see them healthy, whole, and following Jesus. Amen? Amen? You're not a friend trying to keep them from being mad. You're a parent trying to keep them alive. 
right? I mean, it's, it's a reality. And, and sometimes people ask, oh, my kid's not happy. What do I do? Uh, you're, you're, not, you're going down the wrong road. Not that you want to make your kid's life miserable. Listen, if you're doing things just to make them miserable, that's just as wrong, right? We want to point people in the right direction. And that doesn't just count with kids. How many of you realize that's with friends? That's with people that are in your life, people that you know. If they're going down the wrong direction and you don't say anything because you just want, you'd rather make sure you keep that relationship than ever speak truth, how many of you know that's just as dangerous? That's not really a good friend. That's not really. If all you have surrounding you in your life are people that give in and do what you want, don't warn you of consequences, uh, enable that, that, again, that's not goodness. How many of you know sometimes we have to have those difficult conversations? Sometimes we have to be there uh, in our attempt to make people happy, we're allowing them to stay unhealthy. So that's hard, but you've got to do it. What does the scripture say? Speak the truth how? In love. In love. You better make sure you have that love there and not just like, I'm fed up to it, I'm sick of it, I'm going to have that conversation. Pastor told me I need to have that conversation. Can I tell you, if that's your attitude, you better go back to keeping your attitude that of Christ Jesus. Right? God, I need to have this conversation, but I need to have the right attitude. I need to have the right heart in that situation. Amen? So uh, let me move on. Number five, being good. This is a tough one right here. It doesn't guarantee an easy life. Can I tell you, that's American Christianity that says, you know what? If you serve God, everything's going to be easy, right? If you do that, the fruit of the Spirit uh, of goodness operating in your lives, how many of you know things can still go wrong? I did everything right. I've heard this before. I can't tell you how many times. I did everything right. I was in church. I volunteered. I served. I made sure I paid my tithes. And we still had this happen. And it kind of blew their mind that that was even a possibility. But it's because they got an American version of what Christianity is. Right? It doesn't promise an easy life. First Peter says this in chapter 2. How is it uh, how it's to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? I mean, sometimes if you deserve it, right? But if you suffer for what? Doing good. And you endure it, this is commendable before God. Wow. I know people want to hear, listen, just follow Jesus. You're going to have prosperity. You're going to have blessings. You're going to have happiness. You're going to have everything sunshine and butterflies, right? How many of you know that's not real? We don't like to admit that the Bible includes suffering because honestly, I don't like suffering. Anybody love that? Like, man, I, man next week I just hope I really suffer. I'm really looking, well, we're doing that anyway with this heat, am I right? So, uh, uh, no, we don't want that, but the reality, the Bible talks about it. Yes, it does happen, and guess what? You can't pick and choose what parts of the Bible you want and which ones you don't. You've got to take it, you've got to take it all, you can't take any of it, right? If you read the Bible, it's clear that some that do good are going to suffer. There's going to become things that you suffer because you're doing good. Because you chose to do the right thing. Here's a really challenging passage uh, that we don't often preach on. It says this. Paul's reminding the Hebrews. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule. You were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. 
You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when you all, and all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Now, how many of you would accept your car being taken away, right? And all that stuff, and it's like, with joy. They accepted it. Notice that joy is another fruit of the Spirit that we talked about. That's that coconut joy. When everything is crashing against on that hard outer shell, you still have joy on the inside. And then he says this, you, were, you knew that there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord, remembering the great reward it brings you. Listen, things aren't always going to go right for you in the world. I'm just telling you. But I do want you to know that Jesus, our good God, has got good things. And guess what? He is coming back soon. Amen. And we can trust that. We can, we can rest that, yes, this life has got some horrible situations. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. But God is good, and he will bring his reward. What does this say? His great reward. It's gonna, there's going to be a reward for it. So you'll be face-to-face with your heavenly Father one day. And guess what? He's the one that keeps the record. Amen. This one's not very easy to swallow either. Number six, someone who is good does what is right regardless of the outcome how many of you you can't base what you're going to do on what you think the outcome's going to be oh i'll decide if i'm going to be good if i know that it's going to work out uh you don't have to raise your hand but i know some of you have worked for employers that wanted you to fudge something on the books right do something a little less ethical because you know what oh you can use this or you can do that and guess what sometimes you're doing the right thing and the outcome isn't always what you expect you're going to do good you're not going to get rewarded i mean you've probably had that happen you let somebody in front of you in the line in the grocery store you're like oh you only have a few items go ahead ahead of me and then they get up there and they got 25 coupons and uh, three price checks and uh that one, and you're like, oh, why did I let that person in line, right? Has nothing to do with the Starbucks story last week, anyway. Uh, <laughs> give, you know, you give, you save money, you're being faithful to God, and you still get a flat tire. Wait a minute, I thought I wasn't supposed to get flats if I did that. I obeyed Jesus in resolving bib- uh, conflict biblically, and all you got back was anger from that. Right? I'm going to do the right thing, God. You said to go, and I'm going to do it. I've got the right heart, and everything blew up even worse. You told the truth. Guess what? You didn't get the sale. Your co-worker, who was unethical, told a lie, got a promotion. You're like, what in the world, right? Sometimes your good gets taken advantage of. That's just a reality, and people uh, sometimes respond to goodness with badness. That's just our world. But I want to tell you, keep doing good. Keep doing the right thing because ultimately God does reward. Here's a promise that we have as number seven. God, uh, goodness doesn't give up. Here's the promise out of Galatians uh, 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. How many of you believe God's word? And, and I understand this. I understand that, that, that sometimes you feel like you've been doing good for so long, like, where's my harvest, God? I've had people say, I've been doing this for this amount of time, and, and I'm just getting tired of doing good because I'm not seeing the harvest out of it. I want to tell you, you don't get to determine when that harvest is coming. I believe sometimes we quit just short of that harvest actually coming. We have to continue on and realize, God, 
You're going to keep record. God, there is a good harvest that's coming. I, don't, I mean, listen, we live in a world where bad things happen to good people. Uh, good things happen to bad people. And it's so easy to get our eye off of the prize. Uh, and it's sometimes even difficult to, to realize that maybe God's plan in our life might include difficulty and struggle. Wait a minute, God, that's, that's part of my plan? That's part of your plan? Listen, I've got good news for you. In the midst of the struggle... How many of you know God is always with you? No matter what you're going through, no matter what difficulty, uh, you may be in a work situation where things are not good. You may be going through relationship issues in a family situation that are not good. Uh, Maybe just your whole situation in life isn't good. I want to tell you, as you serve him and stay with him, God is with you. He promised to be with you. Look what he says in Psalms 31. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Have you ever thought about that? God is storing up goodness for you. You know, we like to store up in our IRA and all of our other things, right? I want to know what God is storing up for me. For those that fear you. And it says this, you lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Look what it says in verse 20. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Right? When we struggle, guess what? We can stand because God is on our side. If God is for us, then what does it say? Man, you guys are good. You must read the Bible. Who can be against you, right? God's with you. Whatever you're going through, listen, you may be going through something right now. You need to remind yourself, God is with me. God is with me. He's going to see me to the other side. I know I've, I've said this numerous times. Psalms 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many of you know that doesn't sound like a good place to vacation? Oh, I want to go to the valley. I guess it's kind of like Death Valley, right? I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, listen, I'm going to Death Valley for vacation. Sounds like a great place, doesn't it? No, nobody goes there. But even when you're going through that situation in life, listen, God is with you. He's going to get you to the other side. Don't sit down in the Death Valley and camp there. Keep going because God's going to get you there on the other side. Amen. And so here's number nine. uh, The result of being good And doing good is that other people will know God is good. Amen? If you will commit to getting close to God, allow goodness to begin to flow out of your life. Say, God, I don't want to just do good things. I want goodness to be a part of who I am. That means I've got to try as hard as I can uh, to get as close as I can to Him. I need to get committed to Christ. If I've just been playing, eh, you know what, I go to church every now and then, and yeah, occasionally I'll pick up my Bible, you know, dust the dust off of it, or, you know, if, it's, if you do, you're reading your Bible. Anybody read your Bible on your phone? Look at all those hands. I just want to say this. If you open up the Bible app and it has to refresh because you haven't opened it in so long, right? Or, like I said, the dust on the Bible, you need to get into God's Word. You need to get closer to him. You need to spend time with him. Amen. So look what happens. If we're do that, then uh, here's the promise. Second Corinthians 111. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. And it says this. This is our prayer. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things 
your faith prompts you to do. And then here's, the, here's what happens. Then, if you do that, if you do the things that your faith, the good things, then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God, our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Like when you choose to say, God, help me to do the good things. Help me to have goodness coming out of my life. Then what you're doing is that the name of the Lord is honored. And because he is honored and because he's got his goodness working in you, guess what? We get some of that residual honor as well. It kind of follows off of him. And and then we're like, no, God, that all goes right back to you. God, that all, all, and God is exalted in this. And can I say, God wants his goodness on display. God wants people to see his goodness operating in your life. Amen? Look what he says in Matthew. uh, Jesus said this. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Look what he says in verse 15. In the same way. Everybody say in the same way. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Right? People should see your goodness. And I know if you were here last week, I talked about kindness and don't take selfies of you doing a kind act. You shouldn't be public about that because that's not what it's about. That's not what it's talking about here. Right? Because goodness is a part of who you are. If you have that fruit of goodness, you've got that fruit of goodness. You're just a good person. Everywhere you go, goodness is there. You don't have to, like, take a picture of yourself because it's something that's already in you. It's how you act. It's how you treat other people. It's how you respond when uh, other people are not so kind. So you don't take a selfie of that, but you allow your life to be an example of who Christ is. And people are going to be like, wow, you know what? And I'm thinking of the story that, that David was sharing. When they gave clothes to certain people that that won a whole village over to Jesus. Who would have thought that just providing clothes to somebody, that's an act of goodness, isn't it? That's a good person. And the other individual that took them there, it's like, you know what? They weren't worried if they got the credit for bringing the clothes. That, that wasn't even an issue. It was like it was a good thing, and it was carried on, and a whole village came to know Jesus. So that's awesome. That is what, that is, you know, it's, it's doing those acts of kindness, but it's being that good person that people begin to see. So all I want to say is that as we allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of us, and really, we've been going through this whole series on the fruit of the Spirit. I, I hope that's been challenging you. If you've missed any of them, obviously you can go back, watch any of them online. Uh, but we really do need all of that happening in our life. We need God's goodness. We need his faithfulness. We need his love. We need his gentleness, right? All of these fruits operating. And when you do, when we, that's going on in your life, let me tell you, people are going to be drawn to you. And then they're going to be drawn to Christ. They're going to be drawn to him. So I just want to encourage us to stand up today. We just want, I want to sing a song, this song that we've done, The Goodness of God. Some of you guys know it. Some of you, this might be the first time you heard it. But I want you just to focus on how good God has been. Got that big screen. Listen, if you're here and you need prayer while we're singing this, then uh, I know we got a couple of our prayer people here, so uh, I'll be up here as well. So if you need prayer for any reason, but I'm going to close this out. And uh, 
We just need to say, God, I want all your goodness. Is there anybody here that says, I want the goodness of God reflected in my life? I want to pray just a general prayer over us for that. Lord, I thank you that you are a good God. Father, I thank you that your goodness has been evident, Lord, throughout our life. Even the times that we've been not good, Lord, you've been good. Lord, the times we've not been faithful, Lord God, you've been faithful. Lord, I thank you that your goodness towards us is not based on how good we've been. And so, Lord, today we just say, let your goodness begin to shine through us. Lord, help us to be a reflection. Help us to imitate Christ. Help us to be able to say with the words of Paul to other people, follow us as we follow Christ. Lord, we want to be that close in step so that, Lord, we know that's going to require us drawing close to you. So, Lord, today we just talk and we sing about how good you are. We thank you, Lord.